we've not met before, my name is Emma, and with my husband John, we are the location pastors here in Handorf, um, led amazingly by Pastor Bruce and Julie, who are at Henley Beach this morning, one of our other locations. Um, and I don't preach very often. I don't like preaching very often because it's much easier to sing and people would argue that, that it would be easy to talk. But anyway, here I am. Um, but I know that God has called me and has put a word on my heart to share with you today. And as you can see on the screens, uh, we are continuing in our theme of Sent to Build Community. And this morning we're talking about the table or around the table, which I think is perfect going into this silly season because we do find ourselves around many a table. Um, and some of those you like to be around and others are those you might go, I've just got to do this and get it done and tick. Um, some how our, it's my 20th year out of high school this year. So I know now I'm really old. Did anyone watch Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion as a teenager kid? Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, they're so, so old. <laughs> and now here I am. Anyway, um, the, they've, uh, the school have only just in the last few weeks decided to have a reunion for our grade and the 10 year reunions, which was 2013, um, and decided that the end of November is a great time to have a reunion when you don't have much notice. So <laughs> subsequently, it's actually been cancelled because there was no one, or not enough people able to go. I know, they're like, we'll try again next year. But it was a table that um, I would have found myself around. Um, and, you know, there's that hesitation. Okay, so anyone older than me, did you go to your 20 year high school reunion? No, oh, John, seriously? No one went to a 20-year high school reunion? Narelle did. And often, like, you know, people, you move, you're not necessarily around. There were a lot of people in my grade, so now there's become a messenger chat about, um, with all the people that can kind of come. Um, and there's lots of people living interstate or overseas, so that, you know, that is also life. But John and I went to his 20-year high school reunion last year, um, a little bit reluctantly, I don't know, his group of mates decided they were going, so we were like, okay, we'll go. And it actually was really fun, and we loved it. Um, John's not nodding with me. <laughs> it was fun, it was real. <laughs> That's how fun it was. <laughs> we were very responsible. Um, he was responsible. I was responsible, I was feeding Kelsey. Um, anyway, it was fun, and I guess the reason I'm telling you all that is we can probably all cast our mind to an experience around a table with people um, and it won't take you very long to think of some good memories or maybe some awkward or uncomfortable or sad memories. Um, but the table is a really sacred place and that's what I want to unpack today. I remember sitting around a table as a child and mum and dad would pull out a family devotional book and we'd be like, ugh. <laughs> um, and because then they'd pass us the book and then we'd have to read out loud and then there'd be questions and sometimes it was good but my memory of it wasn't um, thrilling. Uh, <laughs> I also very vividly remember sitting around the family table and mum, I'm so glad she's not here today. <laughs> No, she would laugh at this too. My mum was, we were having a very, we were being very sternly talked to by our parents about some situation, which I have no idea what it was. It was probably toward Michael, my older brother, let's be honest. Um, but no, it was family, it was a family discussion. So there was clearly um, reason for us to all be in on this discipling, disciplining kind of conversation. 
Um, and my mum was going, rah, 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 flapping around like a blue-ass fly, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and we all just cracked up laughing because we're like, what on earth is a blue-ass fly? <laughs> um, but it's stuck in my brain. And my younger brother, if you know him, Simon, he is um, a bit of a larrikin and is good at making a joke out of almost any situation. Um, and mum and dad would both say that um, Simon had an ability to turn any serious moment into a bit of a joke. Um, and so that one became, we ended up all laughing about this whole situation. Mum was trying to be very serious about obviously how much she was feeling the burden of something or other and um, how she was... Now, as a mum, I appreciate that because we do do a lot of things and they go unappreciated many a time and I don't even have teenagers yet. Um, but the, the, the memory has stuck in my brain and you're probably sitting there thinking of a few other memories that you've had around tables. I also remember my grandparents' table. Um, I think... Oh, now I'm questioning myself. So they had a very big dining table and my grandma would always set it up very lavishly for Christmas, which is what I can picture. But they had this, you know, a carousel, like a merry-go-round kind of concept. Or the ones you see at the show with the swing, where it still goes around and the sort of swing goes a bit outwards. Now you've got that picture, shrink it to about this big. And there were like yellow ducks going around this carousel and I'm pretty sure it's saying happy birthday <laughs> but I, I remember it because we were all like I can picture our whole family around the table and we'd wind up this thing and it was happy birthday to you and these ducks would spin around. Um, <laughs> the table has so much influence over our lives for good and for bad. Um, many a, a serious conversation has had been had around the table as well um, and sad somber moments that suck, um, but they're around the table. And so I've been thinking about what is, what is it about the table? I mean, it's nothing fancy, it's a piece of wood. Uh, and so I went back to Exodus chapter 25, verse 23, uh, where they're building the tabernacle. And there's a whole chunk here that explains the table to go in the tabernacle and exactly how it was supposed to be. So I'm going to read it. It's literally just instructions. Make a table of acacia wood, two cubits long, a cubit wide, and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold and make a gold moulding around it. Also make around it a rim of hand breadth wide and put a gold moulding on the rim. Make four gold rings for the table and fasten them to the four corners where the four legs are. The rings are to be close to the rim to hold the poles used in carrying the table. Make the poles of acacia wood, overlay them with gold and carry the table with them. And make its plates and dishes of pure gold, as well as its pitchers and bowls for the pouring out of the offerings. And put the bread of the presence on this table to be before me at all times. And I was reminded that the table is sacred. It's just a piece of wood. It, it's got a functional purpose. It holds stuff. But actually, the table in the tabernacle... Imagine seeing a gold table. I mean, I don't have one of those in my dining room. Um, in fact, I don't know that I've ever seen a gold, pure gold covered table. I think I've been to like the Louvre where there's probably gold laced things that are, you know, looking a bit glorious. But this table wasn't just any old table. And I don't think that 
that precludes any old table. Um, but I guess the, the sense that the, the table in the tabernacle, well, the tabernacle was the place of worship. People, not everybody, went there, were able, um, to go there to present offerings and gifts to God. And it was a sacred place. And it was a place of worship where the presence of God was found. So I think if that helps us to picture our table, whether you're picturing your dining table or your coffee table or the table that you've got in your workplace where you have lunch, that the table is sacred. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, like I said. It is functional, but its impact is powerful. Because what happens at the table can shape lives forever. So five things our table should or could be um, is what I want to share with you today. T, you're going to get an acrostic. T is for together. (laughs) Gee, I wonder what the acrostic might be for table. Um, T, the T is for together. So Jesus reclined at many, many a table. In fact, I read somewhere that there were over 75 verses in the Bible that referenced table. And um, he was often walking along and then it says that someone so invited him his table and then the next verse gone and Jesus was reclining at the table. And <laughs> if you picture uh, some of the older representations of um, that era, they're not sitting at a necessary chairs and table, but the picture of reclining at a table, like a low table perhaps. I don't know, that's just the picture I get if you're a visual person. But Jesus was reclining at the table. You know, everyone has to eat, right? We all have to eat. And this is why I think um, a table, obviously, is really important because you can put your stuff on it. When you don't have a table, we have picnics. And picnics are just messy. I don't know, I prefer the table. But Or have you... When John and I didn't have children, we often, uh, most of the time, would sit on the couch and eat dinner. Um, not dissing that, but now we've got fam- like children around. We want to sit at the dinner table. Um, sometimes life is so busy, and this could be at any stage in life, but you feel like you're kind of ships passing in the night, and we're just heading into that stage where our kids are now doing after-school activities over dinner time, and the whole family's not at the table anymore. Or I remember growing up, like, we'd have dinner on the run. Actually, Mum just reminded me the other day that we used to have, um, like, a takeaway dinner much more regularly than I remember because we were going from here to there and just, you know, actually making dinner was next to impossible. But whatever the season, and, you, you know, it might be that passing ships, make a moment in your week to gather together at the table. And when I say that, I'm thinking about, obviously, your immediate family, your extended family, your connect group, your work colleagues. I know it's really easy. I only work two days a week. Um, Well, I work here a couple of days a week and I work in another job two days a week. And it's really easy just to be busy doing your work. And um, both, both places here and time to talk are really great at saying, it is lunchtime, we will sit at the table. And I actually really value that because I could very easily just eat at my office desk and get some more work done. But actually taking the moment to be together, that's where relationships are formed and that's where um, connection is built. In Acts 22, I'll just flick there, this one. Acts 22, verse 2. So you can appreciate where this is going. Because we know Acts is full full of people being together. Acts 2, verse 42. 
It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, meaning that they sat and ate, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So they met together in one place. They ate together. Another picture that comes to mind is, so, and it was mentioned that they broke bread. Of course, that's referring to um, what we would now call communion. We come to the communion table. We don't physically have a table that you come to, but that's often a phrase that we would say, the communion table or the Lord's Supper, the Lord's table. Um, and I don't think it's coincidence that those are all words that come together, the Lord's table. Communion is about finding that or celebrating that common unity we have of who Jesus is and what he's done. So make the effort to gather together around the table. It's really easy to not and just to let. We all have time. We all have the same amount of time, surprisingly. Um, and we will always fill it with something. Um, that's just the fact of the matter. You go, oh, like Emily mentioned about having 10 minutes. We could fill that 10 minutes with something. We'll, you will. You'll fill it with something. So we all have a choice to make of how we're going to fill it. And my encouragement to you is to be together. So like she mentioned, connect groups are on families. You'll all know you're invited to come for lunch around the picnic table today, BYO picnic. And I know many of the other connect groups are gathering around. So please um, find out what you're doing and don't miss the opportunity to gather together. So T is for together. A is for ask questions. The table is about learning and growing together. It's about telling stories. It's a place where the disciples were often asking questions of Jesus when they were sitting around tables. And Jesus would answer in parables. It's a place where you learn and you grow. Um, like I mentioned about us growing up, we had like family devotions. We were asked questions. We were encouraged, challenged to think or ponder. Maybe um, sometimes we were just given the Bible, say, open it up, find a verse. Tell us about it. What is God saying to you? This is probably as we were a little bit older. And it's such a churchy family, I know. <laughs> but don't just think to yourself, oh, they're pastors and pastors' kids, because I actually really value that. And it has shaped who I've become today. And you can all do the same. We can all do the same. We don't do it with our kids yet, but I'm sure there'll be a time. Um, do you know what? I was asked the biggest question of my life around a table. I suspect there are probably a number of you who were asked to be married alongside or around a table. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone else asked around a table? near the table. I was sitting at the table. John had to run across the other side of the room to get the ring because he'd left it in his jacket pocket. So he asked me to close my eyes and he threw a tea towel over my head, super romantic. <laughs> and then when he pulled that off, he was on his knee alongside the table asking me to marry him. Yeah. <laughs> Got the job done. Alongside the table. I'll ignore that one. Um, 
But the table is a place where we can ask questions. And I think there's a real art to asking good questions. Like we don't want to ask questions to be nosy or intrusive or just to get more information about people's lives. Like uh, there's an art to asking good questions, um, but they're not just superficial. But also no question is silly. So it's a, a safe place to ask questions. Do you know how to ask good questions and how to actually listen to the answer? but not just talk. It's really easy to talk. Sometimes I find myself in that space. It's like I'm a bit of a nervous talker. So <laughs> sometimes to fill the space rather than going, ah, I don't know what to ask anymore, I'll just talk. But to stop ourselves and go, actually silence is fine too. Um, in fact, Mark 14, 18, Jesus and his disciples were reclining at the table and they were eating and Jesus says, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me one who is eating with me like awkward there might be awkward moments around the table in Luke eleven thirty seven, again when Jesus had finished speaking a Pharisee invited him to eat with him so he went in and reclined at the table but the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal and then Jesus goes on to correct the Pharisees in and he kind of like slams them basically the table can be a space where our attitudes are shifted where we need to be realigned or adjusted. I think back to my mum flapping on, I mean, <laughs> yep, what I explained before, um, like where attitudes and alignment and adjustment takes place. So these are all good A words and I settled with ask questions. Um, and these are all ways we grow closer to each other and more connected with each other. So again, you put yourself in your workplace table asking questions that's how you get to know new colleagues or even colleagues that you have been with for a long time but asking good questions it's how you get to know how your child's day was or how your mother has I don't know been going at work or my grandmother living on her own she's 93 and we just sit around the coffee table not very regularly now I'm saying this out loud I'm feeling a bit condemned that I haven't gone to see my grandma for a while um, and just talk about stuff. I remember when I was at uni, I sat down with my grandma. We had to do a historical, I don't really know what it was actually. Anna and Emily Wood and Lockie. Um, it, I, an OT thing. We, I, don't, I talked to my grandma and I had to write a, a piece about history, like something in history, yeah, um, and what occupations were like back in the, she's 93, when she was born, like 30s, the 30s, the 30s and 40s. Um, and I can picture myself sitting at that table having that conversation. And that actually was a hugely um, bonding experience for myself and my grandma because I actually had a conversation that we probably wouldn't have otherwise had. So A, ask questions, learn together, grow together, share stories. B, B is for belonging. Let your table be a place where people find belonging. There's a place for everybody. Have you ever sat at a table and felt like you don't belong? Or think of the opposite. When you sat at a table and you also know you've got fridge rights, so you can just pop out of the table and go get whatever and bring it back to the table. The examples are chalk and cheese. Think about movies. This one came to mind in Mean Girls where um, I can't even remember what her name is, getting the, the lay of the land in the cafeteria. And then there's like this table of those people and these ones are the plastics and these ones are the Asian nerds and these ones are those ones. 
These are the ones that stick in my head. Um, so, and, you, and they all have their place where they belong, but that can also be clicky. Katie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Regina, the plastics. Um, but you, you think of lots of American movies where, where the cafeteria, you know, they're walking with their lunch tray. You can't sit here. Nope, sorry, seat's taken. I know that was from Forrest Gump in the bus, but, you know, they, they have to find their place to sit. But we want our tables to be a place where people can find belonging. And there is always room. Pull up a chair. Yep, no worries. Nothing's too hard. Our table is a place where people can belong. Because Jesus said he set us a place at his table and he called us his own. I love that lyric in the song. He has prepared a table for us and everybody is invited. In Luke 14, there is a... um, few stories that Jesus shares about different ways people approach the table. And I'm not going to read them all to you, so you could go back and read it. But it's about the banquet table. And he um, was making a point of saying, when you sit down at the table, don't sit at the head or in a place of honour. Sit somewhere else so that you don't get dishonoured, basically. Be humble about where you sit because everybody is equal and it doesn't matter as long as there's a, a place. And then there were two other banquet stories where it talks about the message, the, the message in the parable was different, but what I saw in it was that basically these people were invited. They chose not to come, and so he said, go out and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, anybody, everybody's welcome. And then really what it showed to me is everybody is welcome at the table. There's a place for everyone. So our table signifies that it's not about our convenience and it's not about personality preference but it's our commitment to accepting others just as Jesus has. That's not my own thought. That was actually in the Bible reading plan, (laughs) just to credit that. Um, But it stood stood out. And if you're not reading the Bible reading plan, I encourage you to jump on. Um, We're about halfway through one at the moment. They've been a little bit shorter. And this one is 10 R's for relationships. Does that sound right? No? We're not in that one anymore? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we are. I'm sure we are. Great. Um, anyway, get on the Bible reading plan. <laughs> Laura's not on that one. <laughs> yeah, she is now. The other one stopped abruptly and I was like, oh no, I haven't even, yes, see, but it finished. It was like, I don't know. I didn't even finish the last one. So I jumped on the new one. Now you're all wondering what Bible reading plan should we be on? Let me tell you. Do we have a visual for it up there, Lockie? No, no visual. That's maybe why you were wondering what Bible reading plan we're on. Two. Yes, the 10 R's of relationships, Dr. Dave Martin. Uh, We're on day five, in case you're wondering, and there's 10 days. So it's not too late to jump on. Um, Anyway, that was where that quote was from. All right, so T is for being together. A, ask questions. B, make your table a place where people can belong. L, the table is a place where love is shown. A place where encouragement's given. A place where... Forgiveness and grace are extended. In Mark 14, E. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's the one. Thanks, Lockie. Very swift. Mark 14, verse 3. Well, he, Jesus, was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper. 
A woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. And then the people that were around Jesus rebuked her and said, how can you let her do this? And what Jesus goes on to say is he has done or she has done a beautiful thing for me. She came and poured this oil on him and he extended grace to her because it wasn't the right thing to do um, in that cultural setting. And they were all like, nah, she shouldn't have done that. Um, but he said, no, she's done a beautiful thing. And Jesus extended love. In Luke 7, 36 to 38, a very similar story, in fact. And I had to double check that it wasn't the same story in two different um, books of the Bible. But when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Just picture that for a moment. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. This was all at the table. Similarly, the Pharisees got all judgy and like, eh, she can't do that. Do you know how sinful she is? And Jesus just said, you know what? She has done the most beautiful thing. And he extended forgiveness to her. And he said, go and be forgiven. And extended and showed love. And that is the beauty of the table, is that it's a place where love is shown. And I think the, the easiest way for us to do that, I mean... Perhaps a situation like that might present itself, maybe, maybe not. Um, obviously extending forgiveness, but being able to encourage. So I know that sitting around the table with our kids is, you know, just actually taking a moment. Sometimes we can just chat, chat, chat about not a whole lot and people know the chaos of having young children around a table. It is a lot of rubbish and mess and it's just busy and chaotic, but actually taking a moment to encourage Encourage the people sitting at the table with you. And finally, E is for example. The table should be a place where we set an example to our children, to our work colleagues, to our friends. We're constantly saying to our older kids, do the right thing, set an example. Kelsey will copy you. Kelsey's not quite two. And one of the boys, to remain nameless, decided that they were going to pick up their cereal bowl after they'd eaten all the cereal and... <laughs> Slurp out all the milk. And no joke, two seconds later, Kelsey's like. However, Kelsey has um, soggy wheat bix. So like it's, yeah. And so <laughs> you can imagine what happens. So we're constantly saying to our boys, please don't do that. Blake has this tendency to lick the drips off the table. I mean, these are not uncommon things if you've got children or been around children. Just lick it off. You are not a dog. If you want to be like a dog, you can go live outside <laughs> because Kelsey will copy you. The table is a place where we need to set an example. John 13, Jesus again is reclining at the table for the Passover with his disciples and he gets up out of his chair and he goes and washes all his disciples' feet. And he says in verse 15, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So let our tables be a place that is a shining example of who Jesus is, his love, his acceptance, his servant heart, our table is a place where we can serve others, which is what we love to do. So when you think about your dining table or your work table or maybe your coffee table, 
maybe a table out at a restaurant? Is it underutilized? Is it covered with the clutter of life? I know sometimes our dining table is just like a dumping ground. How can your table become a place where people can gather together, ask questions, find a place of belonging and love, and share the example of Christ? Is it possible that something needs to shift? Maybe some clutter needs to go. And remember, it's just a table. It doesn't have to be fancy and gold-laden like the one in the tabernacle because it's already sacred. When we declare that our table is sacred and sacred conversations are going to happen here um, and people are going to have their lives transformed by God because our table is set apart for conversations that point them back to him, then we can all do this. We can all achieve this. So I just invite the band back up as we close. You're probably all thinking about your dining table and where you're going to have lunch today (laughs) because we've been talking about tables. Or maybe you're thinking about a memory you have around a table. And can I encourage you to not just leave that as a memory, but maybe over coffee today, share a memory you have around a table. Maybe it is weird ducks swinging around a carousel, um, singing happy birthday, I don't know. But... These are the things that help us grow together. And we haven't had communion today, but when we do have communion, this is the place that we come together where we find belonging, where we celebrate what Jesus has done and be together giving glory to his name. So just close your eyes now that I've given you a million word pictures to possibly think about. Ask God, what can I do with my table? Maybe you don't have a table. We just got a new dining table, which meant we had our old dining table sitting in the back veranda and it was sitting there for, what did I decide? Five weeks now. And I said to John yesterday, let's just put it on the front lawn. Someone will drive past and pick it up and we we live on a busy road. So, yep, sure enough. About two hours later, hey, 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 someone back there just wanted a hand to lift this table into their trailer, boot, I don't know where it went, trailer. So maybe you have no table. We had no table for a period of time. It wasn't very pleasant. The kitchen bench just doesn't quite cut it. A stool at the kitchen bench is not the same as the table. The couch is not the same as the table. Lord, I pray that what has been spoken today you would encourage us you would shift us you would challenge us Lord to be more like you to extend love and forgiveness a place of belonging a place that is safe to ask questions a place that gives glory to you Lord, as we build community, as we invite new people, we get to know new people, just new faces. We might find ourselves at a table with someone we don't know well or at all. But Lord, you would give us the confidence and the reminder in those times that this table and this space is sacred. Lord, as we go into this season of Christmas and finding ourselves at different tables, we would remember 
who you've called us to be. We would remember what you've put inside of us, which is the joy and hope that you've given us through your death and resurrection. And Lord, we would be able to share that with others. Perhaps you're here this morning or you're listening, watching online and you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. He's inviting you to His table. He's prepared a place. He's got it all set. There's a chair waiting for you and He calls you to His table. He's saying, come, come eat with me. Jesus desires to have a relationship with you. And all you need to do is say, yes, I want that. I believe that Jesus is the Lord and Saviour of my life. And I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. And He will forgive you of all your sins. Wipe them clean as snow. So that I would love to be able to pray a prayer with you. Or if you're watching online, you'll find on our website, a prayer to pray that invites Jesus into your heart. And if you're sitting here today, please come and speak with me after the service. I'd love to lead you in a prayer that connects you with God Almighty. Perhaps you're here, you're sitting, thinking about the message and you just know you need to stay close to the table. Jesus is saying, stay, stay at my table, don't wander. Come and commune with the Lord. The world will always try and pull us away and distract us, but the table is set. And so this morning, just as an act of faith and gesture to God, if you feel God saying, drawing you back to His table and drawing you to put Him in your table or on your table, at your table, imagine what it would be like to always have a seat there for Jesus at your table, any table you find yourself at. Imagine Jesus is sitting there. How would the conversation differ? How would the behaviour differ? if Jesus was physically sitting at your table. So I'm just asking this morning if if God's saying, draw back to the table, if God's saying, put me at the table, give me a seat, and something's encouraged you in this message, I just ask you to lift your hand as an acknowledgement of, yes, Jesus, I'm gonna do something different. Thank you, Lord. God, we are so thankful that You are kind and You are gracious. Lord, we are ever growing. Lord, we don't wanna stay the same. Our vision as a church to be growing and influential means that we don't just satisfy with the status quo, constantly growing, constantly learning. So Lord, we just invite You into our hearts afresh, into our homes afresh, into our connect groups, around the table. Lord, we just desire that Your presence would be Uh, so felt and so tangible, that conversations would be one of love, they would be one that gives hope and gives glory to You. Lord, I pray that You would fill and bless every single person listening to this message this morning. Lord, as they find themselves around tables, that You would be there and that Your Name would be lifted high in this community and people would know You and they'd experience you and they would encounter you through the conversations of your people. Lord, I pray an abundant blessing over these beautiful people here today. 
And I thank you that you go with us, before us, beside us. Maybe you have a memory or an experience around a table that holds you back. I didn't prepare this, but as I was driving here today, you know, the table might be an uncomfortable or awkward place or a place where you have a terrible memory. God doesn't want you to hold back because of that. So if if that means something for you, just in this space of worship, just give it to God and say, it's all yours, God. Leave it at His feet. He asks us to come with our baggage, with our bags, with all the things that weigh us down, but we're not supposed to leave with them. So if you need to leave that here at the foot of the cross during this worship, why don't you just come and stand on the altar and leave whatever it is. Don't take it out the door with you. If it's a bad memory, if it is just a traumatic experience and it just, you know, think about a table and that's the one that comes to your mind. Just ask God, He is so kind. He is so loving and so gracious. Just say, God, can you replace that memory, that vision with something of joy, of something of hope. And I'm believing that He will do that because He is so kind. So let's stand to our feet. And if you do want to respond to this message in any way, feel free, like the altar is always open. Um, I'd love to pray with you. The team's just going to sing and lead us out. But go, enjoy your connect groups, have great conversations. And don't forget to ask people about their memory of the table over coffee. Thank you.